Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments, and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain, and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning, world. Shelly Shearer here, and welcome to the show. I was really on a on a cusp of whether I should podcast today, because quite honestly, just not feeling quite myself. Uh, strained my lower back again, just too much time at the computer and, and sitting at a desk when I shouldn't. But you know what? Sometimes life just uh, says, hey, it's got to get done. And then I did my favorite thing on Sunday. I gardened, and that sets me off uh, physically. So yeah, went into a bit of what we call fibro flare, and I'm hurting, and just, you know what, my mood is great, but my body is falling apart. Thank heavens they don't happen at the same time. But it got me thinking about a lot of things, just how we react to stuff, what things we're grateful for, something I've really taken uh, uh, an effort to do again, which I used to do all the time. I actually had a gratitude journal that I had gotten six and a half years ago when I took uh, a course with um, Make Your Mark. And when I went and retook that course a week or so ago, I got a new one. In fact, bought some spare ones so that I can, this can go back to being part of my daily regime. I talk about a lot, you know, my form of meditation and how I do spend time in prayer meditation and, you know, connecting with source energy, connecting for me as a Christian, I believe in God, but you know, if you're just a believer in the universe or in just source energy, you know, whatever you want to call it, I truly just believe it's all the same thing. But I hadn't actually been writing it down. And sometimes that can really solidify things for your brain and your spirit. There is a huge connection, by the way, between writing with your hand and how your brain retains information versus just uh, doing electronically or typing. Writing seems to, there's a, there's a, a whole psychological studies they've done on that now. And it's quite amazing. So yes, I do definitely do find that when I have to write down, not only am I solidifying that connection with my memory and my brain and my subconscious, but I have to, re- I have to remember or I have, I have to dig a little bit for you know either the day or the previous day, depending whether I've done it just before bed or first thing in the morning, I have to go back and kind of relive that day. And that as well is an amazing exercise in awareness and having gratitude because my uh, gratitude journal is prompted it you know what did I do towards my happiness what were my successes today things I did for my big dreams so there's these sections and you have to put something after reading the headlines in each of those sections and really have to dig a little one thing that has really come up for me lately is uh, my gratitude for my husband my partner now it got me thinking about this and I realized I hadn't shared this with my listeners. It actually, I hadn't even shared it with most of my friends. But I, w- I want to talk about it today because I want to sh- give you the examples of what can happen when people make a decision to choose in any area of your life. Now this particular story I'm going to tell you just happens to be about my marriage, but it could be anything in your life. And it's it's no different than in my business. Um, my husband's not self-employed, he, is, he, he works for a living, T4 income. And, uh, and he is happy doing that. He's a wonderful sales rep and he enjoys what he does. He's not an entrepreneur like I am. 
So for him, he doesn't necessarily go through the same sorts of daily practices and things that I do as a self-employed entrepreneur because I have goals, he has a job, and I am you know, opening to the universe to keep making those dreams come true and those goals and those, those efforts of mine to come to fruition, and I practice that daily. In August, my husband and I separated for a good solid month. Now, we were lucky in the fact that we didn't have to leave each other's homes. Uh, we have a, a top floor and a bottom floor, and there was a bedroom downstairs, so he went to it. But a couple of things that I, wanna, I just want to review here. One, we were ha- there are things in, my, in our marriage that I was having trouble tolerating anymore, uh, a lot of it around his health. And unfortunately, as I've mentioned before, to if you're one of my regular listeners, I have a husband that's a fairly heavy drinker. Tough thing to live with, I'm not going to lie, uh, despite the fact that he is a very high-functioning heavy drinker and he is always pleasant, never hungover, never mean. It affects his health and his energy levels. I definitely think it affects his memory. And he had some other things going on. And I was really struggling coping in my own illness and my own life, watching someone that I love very, very much kill themselves. And I was getting to the point where, you know, my tolerance level was just done. I was just, this is not what I wanted for my life. This is not how I pictured my life being with being with this broken person that was just, you know, always drinking, always recovering, always exhausted. He just wasn't functioning to the fullest of his ability and he wasn't present in our marriage. The problem was, instead of me approaching it and speaking my truth, I waited till I had just could not cope another day and lost my shit. Okay. And it was interesting because weeks later, uh, dealing with this with my own coach, it was an example that he gave me when we were talking a week or two ago. He says, you know, the only time I've really ever seen you, I've seen you not fully act from a place of integrity, because that's very important in my life and how I deal with the world around me. He says, was when you separated from your husband, because you were just like, well, this is enough. I'm done. I'm just, I can't do this anymore. And you just snapped. And he's right. I did. Um, however, that's not necessarily what I want to talk about today. Although if you have had experiences like that in your life, if you are letting this happen in your life, either in your personal life, with your children, with your job, with your family, maybe even in a friendship, if you are not speaking your truth and creating good, healthy boundaries and, you know, living in integrity you're going to react like I did. You're going to let things get to a point where you literally are so done, you snap. That is not healthy. Things get said that we don't have a lot of control over because we're incredibly emotional in situations like that. And it's really not as constructive as it could be. Now, there are lots of times in life, how do I want to phrase this? There are lots of times in life where things can get emotional and we say things we don't mean and we can apologize for them, we can try and make it right after the fact, but wouldn't it be better if we had better control of ourselves emotionally uh, in the fact that we could plan our reaction a little better? I think that would be a wonderful goal for most people to get to. I certainly still struggle a little bit with that. In fact, aside from my marital issues, I've had a couple of clients this past year that this has been the case. I haven't created really good boundaries and when they sort of abuse the situation, um, I sort of snap a little bit and it's like, no, that should have actually been dealt with three steps behind the snap 
to say, hey, this is not what you pay me. This is these these things are not included in your retainer. And by the way, you are way over your hourly of my time and energy. So boundaries are very, very important and expectations in any situation. So why I bring that up actually is going back to the marriage. It is it applies in both cases. One, I wasn't clear on my boundaries and I wasn't voicing them. And I'm not sure that my husband, although maybe he knew, but he didn't really know how important it was to me that I had certain expectations in our marriage. Now, let's talk about a couple of things about personality traits before I get into that. Because these, taking these steps backwards and understanding where and how things come from and reactions come from really can help in any situation that you're dealing with. Marriage, work, family, doesn't matter what it is. Your business. Understanding another person is such a huge leap in having healthy relationships, whether that's an employee, whether that's a marriage, whether that's a child. Now, there was a, um, a raising a child. Where is my phone? I need the name of the book. I was reading, I'm just gonna grab my iPad so I can give you the name of the book from Audible. A few months back, I read a, was reading a book on marriage. And it was sort of interesting because really weren't having a lot of troubles back then. I mean, there were some issues, but not like how it exploded in the summer. Obviously, things were, you know, ramping up towards this. But what stunned me was The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. He's a PhD. He does these, he's apparently quite good, like 90% plus good at meeting couples and, dis and distinguishing whether their marriage will last or not within five years. And one of the things that he really noticed was it wasn't so much whether everyone had what they wanted in the marriage, but whether the people were willing to put up with what wasn't okay in the marriage. In other words, not reacting like I did in the summer where something got to where it was just beyond my ability for acceptance and control and I snap. And people, so often he states, make mountains out of molehills or they think they're going to change someone so they haven't truly accepted that person the way they are in the marriage. Now this, we're talking about marriage. Sometimes this can be in a work situation. That's why there's a, a lot of coaches out there that you know talk about people's strengths and the sacred gifts, you know, where you find out what your natural sacred gifts are in life and to hire the gift and then train the job. It's an interesting concept. Lots of times people go out searching for a certain skill set, then they bring this per person into their organization and they just do not fit in with the culture, they do not fit in with the mission statement, and you've got this employee that probably isn't happy being there and no one's happy working with them. Whereas if you'd gone out and hired what you needed in a person to fit in with your culture and whatever, and if they didn't quite have the skill sets, you were willing to train it, you'd have this amazing fit in your organization and you would have a much cleaner and well-functioning team. Marriage can work very similarly in my experience. You know, I've been married 17 years. I have been divorced and we were together three years before we got married. And one of the things they talk about in this book that Dr. Gottman talks about is people's reaction to things, whether they let it sort of roll off their back, like duck off water, or whether they invest in blame and criticism every single time something isn't quite the way they want it. Okay. So those are some points I just wanted to kind of some parameters I wanted to point out before I talk about what happened in my own marriage. Now, one of the things I talk about greatly as well, even when I'm talking about depression and choices is choosing. You have got to choose to survive. 
I have chosen with my fibro to be high functioning. You have to choose to stay married to this person, but you also, it would really be helpful if you could choose to be happy. There's no point staying with someone in a martyr situation. Nobody's happy and nobody's being served in that situation as far as I'm concerned. Now, I am very fortunate. I will say this again, and I encourage you to please develop the same in your life. I have amazing friendships, friends that their true and utter essence is to see me and that around me succeed. So even, I, I mentioned that because even when they have to say a little tough love or be a little critical, it is always coming from a place of support and love. And Shelly, we want the best for you. That is a gift beyond measure and beyond price, especially in my life, but I believe in most people's lives. Okay. Search for that in your life. If you do not have it, cultivate it. Also cultivate it in yourself with your friends. Be that person because what you focus on, you attract in your life. Why I mention that is I've got a couple friends that are work very hard in keeping my marriage together because they can see where I falter. They are not blind to either Kisa nor my faults, but they see how much we love each other and how good we are together when it's working. And they're always trying to encourage and respect that love despite the challenges. So one of the things getting back to now to my husband and I was what we needed out of the marriage. Keith's not a communicator. Clearly I am. Okay. He is very clear on this. Even when we were first dating, that became very apparent because I'm a talker. I communicate and I had to drag it out of him at times. The good thing was he became aware of that and he is aware of that. The sad part is he has a job in sales. So usually by the time he's home, he just doesn't want to communicate any longer. And I'm at home waiting to communicate. <laughs> so it can, it can really cause some challenges. So we've had to work very hard at putting time aside where it's our time, our time to communicate, our time to just be together. And that was really missing in my life. Sometimes it can be very hard when you are dealing or very easy. My apologies. When you are dealing with some challenges that are easy to slide over through bad behavior to let those bad behaviors become habit. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Because of my fibromyalgia, I need a lot of downtime. I am an extroverted introvert. So when I'm exhausted and tired, I need quiet, not social. My husband thrives on social. By the time the weekend hits, he wants to be in his yard with a beer in his hand, nattering with the neighbors, lighting the fire. His guys are up. They're watching sports in the man cave. That gives me the opportunity without any guilt to just lie on my couch, close all my blinds on Friday nights and, you know, binge watch a bit of TV or crawl in my bathtub and read a book, you know, whatever. But we're not together. Now he's getting what he needs. I'm getting what I need. But we were letting that get too, too much. It was an easy, what's the word I'm looking for? It was an easy pattern to fall into, but we were not reconnecting. And so instead, what was feeding us in one aspect was drawing us apart in another. And it just kind of went on week after week, month after month. And it was causing a huge division in our marriage. Not, not just that one thing, but what I'm saying is things like that were causing a huge division in our marriage. We were lacking intimacy. We were lacking connection. We were not communicating. So one of the things that came up this summer when we separated was one, I was just done with the drinking and the smoking and the bad health. He actually had a health scare when we were on vacation 
and uh, it sort of pr- snowballed into this whole thing. I won't get into it all, but that's his personal life. But we are dealing with it, he's dealing with it, and we're moving forward. But these were all things that were sort of just snowballing for me as I could see them happening. And he stepped up to the plate and started dealing with them. Because for him, our marriage and his love for me was more important and was bigger than the concerns, and he did not want to be separated. And that was a tough risk for me to say, I'm just done right now. I need time away from you. I'm not sure where this is going, but I have got to calm down, get more collected. We have got to deal with some things and I'm not willing to have a few of these things in my life. This is not what I want my future to look like. I want to travel. I want to be healthy. And the path he was on was going to give us none of that. At least it wasn't going to give us it together. So what happened? He rose to the occasion. But it took good communication, it took having some hard conversations, and it took having those conversations with love and respect. Now that didn't come for about two weeks. And the hard part was getting through that first week of just blunt and utter anger, trying to be very careful things were not said that could not be taken back until we found a way to start communicating again with each other. Now, during this process, I formed a little quick, I had this app on my phone and iPad card called Marco Polo. I love it. It's like a two-way walkie-talkie with video. So I know there's WhatsApp and things like that, which I loathe. The Marco Polo is one button, one stop, big screen. You know, it's just, it's it's video FaceTiming two ways for old farts. I I always laugh because my girlfriends and I, we all use it. You can do group chats and then everyone gets the same message. You can talk amongst yourselves. I love it. I just love it. Anyways, he fought this and he wouldn't use it. He travels a lot and we don't always, you know, sometimes I just want him to see my face and my voice and hear my voice tone and not just always in a text and I loathe texting. So one of the first things he did was he put Marco Polo on his phone right after the the separation and it was like, and I could tell because it shows up on my app that Keith has joined Marco Polo. And then it was just one little thing after another. So the next thing I had to start doing was showing him appreciation for the effort he was making. And so what I would do for me, this doesn't, isn't everybody's uh, go-to, but for me, I was lucky enough to have the confidence and, um, what's the other word I'm looking for, confidential uh, relationship with girlfriends that could be there as a sounding board for me. So I took these things to them before I reacted or said anything. And they were really able to help guide me through those first couple weeks of, I don't know how to fix this and what if I, you know, say this, this, that, and the next thing. I have a husband that's incredibly sensitive and very easily hurt. And that is something that can be very easily overlooked when you meet him physically. He is six foot four. He is a big man and he's a guy's guy. Okay. I'm fine. That says, you know, I'm, everything's fine. Yeah. Even when it's not, he was just raised in that generation. But actually my husband is probably way more sensitive than I am. So I had to really go back to the things I I listened to in that marriage book about letting things just slide. And I don't mean bad behavior, guys. I mean not making mountains out of molehills. I mean accepting other people's, the other person's faults and accepting them. And I do not mean faults like someone's hitting you or drinking you into a a grave or spending you into poverty. I'm talking about little personality things that we sometimes think as a partner that we're going to change that person 
while we're together with them. And one of the big things Dr. Gottman talks about is, uh-uh, that's, that's not how it works at all. You have got to be accepting of the good and the bad and, and love, you know, the person enough to put up with that and accept it in, in, in your life. And not always be making a drama-filled moment out of every disagreement. And he really, through his years, 25 years of, of um, research and having a psychology practice, or I think he's got a psychiatric practice, um, observing this over and over again in couples. So I was really trying to be very, very conscious of putting these things I'd read and learned in this book, you know, using like these two girlfriends as a sounding board. Uh, we did not spread it around. All our friends, our neighbors, no one knew that we had separated because no one needed to know. And no one knew because we were still living in the same house, just on different floors. Through that, we have made our way back to each other. But not only that, we talked about things. We talked about how much, you know, once things got better and we were communicating more healthily and without a lot of blame and, and, and uh, anger, was what did we want? Did we want the marriage? Was it, you know, is this what you truly wanted? Yes, we both agreed this is what we wanted, especially my husband, very, he was very clear on that. So then what's it going to take? My husband and I have very different love languages. My love language is touch. And when I am not given physical affection, even slight, I get very um, detached emotionally from people around me. I'm a hugger. And when the one person that you have an intimacy with that you do not share with anyone else on the planet, that is your spouse or partner, when that is lacking or missing, or it's not being expressed in a way that you are receiving it, that can cause, for me, someone with my love language, a lot of uh, disassociation in the marriage. Now, my husband's love language, I believe, is gifts. I'm not 100% sure. He's one of these things that I think he just likes to mess with me. But I do notice, even if when it's small things, when I purchase things for him or I remember to think of him that way, he is incredibly grateful and honored and very flattered. And so... I tried very hard that when I'm shopping for something, even the groceries, something comes special home for him. I see something on Amazon. It might have just been something small. I heard him say he needed it. I stuck it in with my order when I was ordering for the office. Like I say, this does not have to be a big deal, but this is how he expresses himself. And I think if you will pay attention to those around you, if you will pay attention to how someone is expressing their care and concern to you, it might be a little hint on how they receive love and affection. Like I say, I am very tactile. I am a hugger. I'm a toucher. Uh, and although I love to do, quote unquote, I have a you know gift of sacred gift of service. You know, making dinner and those types of things. I enjoy doing them as long as they're being appreciated. But touch just has to happen for me. It just it's, I cannot. There's not even any part of me that can stop it. If, if I walk up to someone and realize they're not a hugger and they're giving me the signals of, please don't touch me, it, it takes everything in me to hold back. Like I have to physically stop myself because it is a completely natural reaction for me. Okay? So that's a really good thing to understand in your own life, in your own marriage. What is your natural reaction? And try and understand and respect that the other person may not be like you. Highly unlikely they are actually. It's very rare for people with the same love language to necessarily be married. Most problems are because the other person is not us, thank heavens, and we fail to understand the other person. And a lot of that is a failure to understand ourselves. You only have control over yourself, and if you are not clear 
on your own needs and your own way of being, your own inclination. I talk about this. It's the very first chapter in my book, Inclination. Understand yourself. It's going to always make it a little more difficult for you to keep reacting and interacting with the world around you in a healthy, positive way when you're oblivious to what drives your behavior, which in turn is going to make it hard for you to understand what drives other people's. So we've worked very hard at showing appreciation for, for each other. And one of the things that I am so grateful for is the little things. So although my love language is touch, I would have to say my secondary love language is gifts of service. Probably because maybe by just natural inclination, I have the gift of service. And so I do for other people. So when people do for me, it's so very appreciated. In fact, I have a little tough time accepting it. I had to spend a lot of years with friends right in my face, learning just to say, Thank you. Th thank you. Thank you. I uh, thank you. <laughs> you practice it in the mirror if you have to like saying no practice that in the mirror too. I always say because people lo that love to do for other people, if that is their love language or their gift, they're hurt and insulted when people turn that gift reject that gift and just don't accept it. It brings them a lot of joy. So give people their joy by just saying thank you and accepting what they do for you. I took my girlfriend for lunch on um, Friday, just as a surprise, and she, she struggles too, and it makes me laugh because this particular girlfriend spoils me rotten all the time. She is, like, we don't exchange gifts and, and that sort of thing. I'm not a shopper and all my friends know that. But if I see something right out of the blue, I will buy something for someone if it reminds me of them. I'm that kind of gift giver. But I certainly am not all about the birthdays and the Christmases and things like that. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not in a store long enough and I just don't have that way about me. And again, my friends know this, they love me anyways, but she tends to spoil me. So for me, it was just such, it was so easy. I was introducing two amazing women that are both in the coaching industry and that were different parts of my life. Wanted them to connect. I bought lunch. Not a big deal. Wasn't an expensive lunch, folks. And it was really hard for her a little bit for her to just say thank you. She loved it and appreciated it, but she is like me. We do struggle a little bit with that. But it's just so, it's easy for me to or sorry, sometimes it's, no, th it is easy in those little circumstances because those are my little ways of just showing appreciation to her throughout the year for all the other things that she does for me constantly. And she doesn't even see it that way because she's such a giving person. She doesn't see it that it's even what she does for me. She's like, no, I don't. I says, yeah, you do. You totally spoil me. In my marriage, it's the same deal. We had to learn to do and accept from the other person. And one of the things that Keith has made a really big effort to do is to show a bit more physical touch in little ways. We were out for dinner with friends the other evening and he puts his arm around me on the chair and touches me. He'll hug me instead of just being a little standoffish. You know, he's always been quite in tune when I'm having an emotionally a bad day. I have struggled with depression most of my adult life. I certainly don't have to struggle with it daily that often, but when I'm physically down and I'm, and I'm just having a tough time and I'm feeling overwhelmed, I get quite sad and I, I just, basically I'm just overwhelmed and I, I struggle coping hour to hour. Doesn't last long, but he's very in tune to that and he makes sure that he is just a rock during those short periods of time. And he's present. He doesn't go disappear into the man cave like he was doing six months ago. He is present. What do you need from me? And those little things including my favorite right now is he comes down and turns the heat on in my office in the morning as he's heading out the door, which is awesome because my office is freezing in the morning. It's underneath an exposed deck. So this part of my, the house is just much colder than the rest of it. 
And those little things of care and concern that just show me that he's thinking of me and not just thinking of himself have gone a long, long way. My job on the other half of the situation was to show him appreciation, to verbally express the fact that I am not taking it for granted and that I am aware of all these little things. And when I tell him, he's just so cute. He gets all, he gets all pink and he's like, you're welcome. It's like his little chest puffs up and he's all like, and it's not little by the way. <laughs> he's kind of a, like I say, he's a big man. And he's just so grateful that I'm grateful. And he's a little pleased with himself. Do you know what? It doesn't take me much to show that kind of love. And it's made such a difference in my marriage, I can't even begin to tell you. But what came first is that we both chose to make it work. We both chose to make each other a priority. And then we practiced showing the other person that love, care, and concern on a daily basis. That's really all this whole podcast was about. And like I say, I wasn't sure I, was, I should be podcasting when I'm in pain and feeling just a little, little off of my pain. But this was something I really wanted to share with you. Someone out there needed to hear this today. There is a process. And also, if you try and skip running from like A to Z without some of the in-between, which my husband and I have done many times over the years in the past, we haven't done those baby steps that awareness, showing that gratitude right out of the gate, making sure the other person is hearing and being heard. We would just go straight to the big acts of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the expression when it's not a shock and awe, doesn't matter. You know, just big expressions of, of, of what we think are love and concern. And the other person's missing it totally. And, it's, and then we're just feeling so hurt and neglected that we start closing off again emotionally. And so well, that person didn't see that and they didn't try and they didn't see that I was trying. We actually spoke a lot about that during, during September while we were reconciling about how when the other person was making an effort, it wasn't being recognized and it wasn't being seen. And I had my... Keith had his own issues with me, but one of my issues was with him because this was what had happened. We had had a huge fight in the spring. He sort of stated and accused of a few behaviors. I made a big effort to try and not be that way, but we hadn't dealt with some ground level stuff. So when we had our big fight and separated in August, he brought up all this stuff again, stuff that I had worked very hard on the past six months, not being that way. And I was so angry and hurt that he did not see at all the effort I had made, that he was just oblivious to it, it made me so much angrier. It's like, how dare you accuse me of something that I've spent six months trying not to be that way, not to talk that way, not to treat you that way in public, you know, whatever. And you are still carrying the same hurt from a year ago. And he just kept bringing it up and bringing it up. That right away if this is happening in your life or in your marriage or in a job or whatever business whatever's going on i can pretty much guarantee that you haven't communicated the small stuff yet and some of the basic needs and little things are not being met get back to the basics the roots and then grow the flower otherwise that flower is blooming with roots on the top of the ground and the first time it is touched hit or a wind comes up it's going to uproot and blow right over. And that is definitely what was happening in my life.
I hope this reached someone. Please always feel free to private message me, reach out to me. You can reach me through livingwellwithshell.com and I would be happy to, uh, to hear your thoughts and hear your successes. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.